mai, haere mai ki tēnei hōtaka. Welcome to the panel on RNZ National Today. Geopolitics up front in New Zealand today with the United States Top Diplomat Secretary of State Anthony Blinken uh, here and also Australian Prime Minister Anthony Albanese. And we focus on the 40-year uh, trade deal with Australia. It's called CER and it's part of our DNA. Also on the panel, a six-star high-end new office building has half the desk space than the former office building, 70% down to 35%. Have we fundamentally shifted the nature of work for many? Also today, multinationals shift billions earned in New Zealand overseas last year according to a tax justice report. And we also take a look at this um, potential to remove GST from fruit and veggie. And on the panel, one mum says that grandparents have a moral obligation to look after grandchildren. Do grandparents have the right to swan off to Taormina or the Gold Coast when they should be at the playground with the grandkids? Is it acceptable for your parents to go and have a holiday when they should be looking after your kids? Text me, 2101, email thepanel at With us, Chris Wikaiden, Director of BRG Communications, former journalist Chris Kiora. Uh, kia ora Wallace, kia ora koutou. And Cindy Michener, Recruitment Executive, former Media Exec at TV3. Cindy, kia ora, welcome. Thank you, Wallace. Nice to be here. Hello, Hello Chris. Hello. Yeah, it is a pleasure to have you both on. And by the way, do you have a little fundraiser going on that you want to tell the panel about? A local school playground, a community compost, a fundraiser for a local forest restoring a steam engine, the Friday Fundy. Email me, the panel, at rnz.co.nz. Well, back in the 80s, a superstar at the time wrote this song. It's been seven hours and thirteen days since you took your love away. And then in 1990, a young singer from Ireland takes the song to a completely different level. By Prince, of course, sung by Sinead O'Connor. She's died aged 56. Earlier this year, she received the inaugural award and standing ovation for classic Irish album at the RTE Choice Music Prize Awards. Uh, her 17-year-old son Shane tragically took his own life last year, and she addressed the heartbreak in a video post uh, this month. But with us is Marty Duda, music reviewer, commentator behind the music journalist site 13th Floor. Marty, great to have you on. Oh, thanks for asking me. You know, what to say. A remarkable singer, and what a treasure she has left behind, not just with that song and that rendition, but her musical also, Marty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, but her life was pretty much a tragedy from beginning to end. It was really a shame the way that she was kind of let down by almost everyone around her. Very similar, I was thinking, to Amy Winehouse. She was kind of let down by her parents, um, Mm. her fans, uh, the people who should have been taking care of her, and now she's no longer with us, unfortunately. But she, like you say, she made some great music while she was with us, and she she stood up for what she believed in, which was uh, against what a lot of people thought she should yeah. be doing. 
Yeah, and I guess there was hope too because there had been, a, um, a, I guess, a coming back to terms with some of the music recently, actually winning that award, you know, uh, just this year. But uh, everyone uh, has memories, don't they, Cindy, uh, of both that song and also, gosh, that video. Absolutely, it's an amazing song. But um, I, I read the background and, you know, she was obviously very troubled. She had an incredibly complicated spiritual journey. She was ordained as a priest by an independent Irish organisation, really outspoken critic of the Catholic Church, and then she became a Muslim. So she was obviously, I think, Marty, correct me here, but she is obviously looking or searching for some form of spiritual peace for a long time. Absolutely. But the, the thing that I find also interesting was she was kind of one of the first artists to get cancelled when she tore up that photo of the Pope on uh, Saturday Night Live. Mm. Uh, people just could not deal with that. And then she appeared at a Bob Dylan tribute show a few days later and got booed off the stage pretty much. And I was thinking about that. I was like, well, okay, I understand what people were thinking, and she offended some people, but most other artists have done the similar thing. Dylan, in fact, has annoyed people and said things that everybody, and like John Lennon did, yes. and they were all able to come back and kind of make amends with whoever or whatever. Unfortunately, Sinead was never given that opportunity, and I think that's possibly because she was a woman at a time when women weren't supposed to be like that. Chris? Yeah, no, I was just going to pick up on what Marty said, absolutely. I remember the furor when that happened, when she did that. And also, you know, she, at that Bob Dylan concert a few days later, she got you know, an, an unlikely ally in Chris Christopherson when she was being booed, yeah. come up and said, don't let the bastard get you down. Um, <laughs> which was, you know, the, they couldn't have been more chalk and cheese as, as um, entertainers, but there he was saying, you know, you, know, you carry on, miss. And her response was, "I'm not down." Yeah, <laughs> I guess you know. also what I what I can recall because I was there. I, I I can recall the moment I first because I was a big video TV video watcher and right. uh, and the incredible influence, Marty, that the video had. It was unique because it was just a close up on a face uh, at yeah. a time where videos were quite busy, but you just couldn't take your eyes off her, and and it was so right for the song, complete with tears rolling down her cheeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's pretty powerful stuff, and like you said, nobody else was doing that at the time. So she's definitely a trailblazer, a very talented person, and she just seemed to be, like I say, let down by everybody. Went afterwards, you know, Madonna didn't stick up for her. Prince, she had issues with him. There's stories about them having an altercation. I mean, it, it's, it, it just wasn't, you know, I don't know what was going on, but it, it didn't help her. She the video, she was hauntingly beautiful. Uh, you know, it was absolutely a, a mesmerising face, just stunningly beautiful. Do we know, I don't know the, how did she arrive at that song? Do you know how she picked up on Nothing Compares to You? I know that Prince did it after with Rosie Gaines, and some might say it doesn't even really compare, speaking of compare, but how, how did Sinead and that song get together? I think uh, record company or producer gave suggested it to her at some point before she was making that that record so yeah but it, it just became a part of her after that and i think she didn't really appreciate that either because she wanted to be considered more than just a version of the prince's song yeah. and she put everything into her live performances and she had a, she has a great body of work that you can explore now definitely
Mm. Yeah, I remember being surprised by that song because it was quite a departure from her early stuff, which I only came to know about because my younger sister listened to it. She had a cassette. Uh-huh. She listened to it on her Walkman um, far yeah. too loudly. Um, but, yeah, songs like that, that first album, I can't remember the name of it now, but songs like Mandinka and, and things That's like right. that, which were very yeah. different from Nothing Compares to the, You. The Lion and the Cobra, I think it's called. That's yes. right. Correct. Yeah, yeah, Fire on Babylon. That's actually my favourite. I might play that later on or tomorrow because right. that is a stunning... It's almost like a massive attack uh, style there. Um, is it a power ballad? It's... <laughs> power ballad Friday. <laughs> well... <laughs> I have to think yeah. about that. Yeah, so yeah, quite a um, quite a significant um, influences past Marty, and needless to say, um, really one of would it be fair to say one of the unique singers in the last oh, yeah. thirty yeah. forty years. Absolutely right. Yep. Yeah. No one like her, that's for sure. Lovely to have you on the program. That's Marty Duda, music reviewer, commentator, and behind the uh, really um, awesome uh, journalism site. It's called The 13th Floor. Grandparents, I'm not a grandparent, but they do have the right to go on holiday. At the end of the day, your kids are your responsibility, not the grandparents. Yes, they may choose to help out, but grandparents have their own life uh, as well, we're talking about this at uh, 425, the issue of um, one mum says that grandparents have a moral obligation to look after their grandchildren. I think that Cindy's got quite a bit to say. Uh, <laughs> yeah, really? On, on that. <laughs> Having brought up their children? Yeah. <laughs> All right, um, it is a time for I've been thinking. Uh, Cindy Michener, why don't you start? Thank you. Well, I've been thinking about a a very sad thing, bereavement leave. Um, My friend Steve Osborne passed away suddenly last week. Um, He was a terrific human being. Um, And the sudden death uh, meant uh, a coroner had to be involved. And, um, you know, with people overseas, etc., you know, the funeral wasn't until almost seven days later. But bereavement leave in New Zealand for uh, most companies is three days. Now, you know, Susan, his wife, I mean, they were soulmates. And she's very lucky. She worked works at Stanley Street. And they've said, you have as long as you need. But it just really feels to me that we should look at this three days. I mean, her children... Uh, you know, saying, oh, well, you know, we, we're using up our leave because they've had a week off because they're They're dad, using up their leave? Yeah, yeah, well, because they've only got three days bereavement leave. They're using up holiday leave, etc., because their dad has died suddenly. You know, it just seems to me absolutely outrageous that you will say, oh, your partner's died, three days off, and then back you come. I mean, we must be more compassionate society than that. But... In a nation of small businesses, who bears the cost? Well, I just think that when someone has died, that three days is just not okay. Chris? When your partner. Oh, well, you know, if I look at, look through it through my cultural lens, yeah, you look, you know, a tangi can be five days. If yeah, it's a really well, exactly. important person. You've got to go there and you're cooking for several hundred people who come through. You're on the tea towels, you're on the potato peeler. Yes. Or, you know, if you're, you might be on the pie pie doing the oratory um, and welcoming the people who are coming and going. You know, it's, um, it's a big to do. And <coughs> back 
there's there's a lot of you know, I remember derogatory terms from the seventies of you know the MDA the old Māori Day Off. What was that? Well, that was people taking unpaid leave or using up all their annual leave to go and support their families in a cultural context. And it, you know, it, t- it took another nearly thirty years to get to the point where you know that was um, even reasonably accommodated in, in people's employment. But I mean, you know, you've got family overseas now and it is a lot more likely in this day and age that people will be coming from overseas. So it, it, the cultural con- context of a, of a tangi is really important, but I think it's, it's widespread for all cultures. Three days is not enough to mourn the likes of, you know, Steve Osborne, a terrific okay. human. Our panel, our listeners will have far views on that too. Is three days just too short for bereavement leave? Uh, yeah, kia ora, Cindy. All right, uh, Chris Wikaira, I've been My, thinking. <laughs> well, by comparison to that that very important subject, it would seem like I haven't been thinking very much at all. But but what has something which has piqued my interest over the last few days since the start of the Women's Football World Cup is I saw a lot of sneering condescension that no one will go to these games <laughs> beforehand and and the crowds have been awesome. I mean, look, just here today, midweek Wellington for the USA game, 27,500 people. That's more than I think the Hurricanes got yes. at the stadium for <laughs> Super Rugby. I was at the game it's, last Friday night, um, Spain, Costa Rica, um, and it was a similar sized crowd. It was an awesome atmosphere, and um, yeah, just a, just brilliant. Really, it's, really enjoying uh, the, it. The, the crowds, uh, the crowd sizes have been unbelievable. It's shattered records. It's yeah. even shattered um, Canada's record back in 2015. Yeah. And I, can, I, I'm tempted to dig up the texts that I got. I'd get about a couple do of it, years ago. Do it. Get them saying, out there. Saying that. Um, uh, no one watches women's sport. So is it yeah. is it Kiwis going or is it the, you know, like I know oh, the bit, American, Netherlands? What, lots of people dressed in, lots of people, mostly Kiwis, mostly right. Kiwis. Yes. Lots of um, people dressed Australians in stars well. and stripes around Wellington today, which is cool. Um, and, you know, just one final comment on this. I've got a, uh, a sometimes curmudgeonly and quite <laughs> cynical old mate of mine, Douglas, who has been very pleased twice now he has come across a fans after the game, um, out and about, and said the mood and the vibe of them, the um, the sort of their demeanour has been wonderful and so much different from New Zealand rugby crowds. We might be able to learn something. Very good. Here's one. The business has to employ and pay someone else to do the job. When you go on a bereavement, how is that fair? Uh, keep that... Uh, I'm just saying, I'm just reading out the panel. Three days. I'm just reading out the feedback. Your partner has died. Guess what? Three days. Okay. Cindy Mitchner, Crispy Guider.